Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Low Blow Booking Podcast. My name is Derek Cornett, and we are coming at you live and in living color on your mobile listening devices. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very exciting episode of the Low Blow Booking Podcast, as we are actually going to be going through some current day and former product information. Um, It's going to be pretty special because I've got three special guests joining me, and we are going to be talking about... The 20 questions for every wrestling fan. Now, here tonight on the Low Blow Booking Podcast, I'm joined by three men who uh, I've been able to talk with, meet with, who are supporters of the, of the podcast, and also avid pro wrestling fans. So let me first introduce a guy who's been on the podcast before, and that is 2CW's own Patrick Fenton. Patrick, how's it going tonight? It is going great. How are you guys? I'm doing well, man. It's going to be a fun time today. Um... We, you and I have had the opportunity to go through um, and, and book the WWF and WCW in 1992. Um, what a great product we put together there. We've got a lot of positive feedback from it, and I'm looking forward to what we've got to talk about here tonight and future projects that we have. Um, the next guy I want to introduce is Ben Ivinson. Ben, how's it going tonight? Hey, how's it going, Derek? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Ben is a loyal listener, a member of the Place to Be Nation, and also a member of our, our podcast community here. Uh, definitely a loyal supporter. And uh, Ben, I'm looking forward to working with you. We uh, we have a lost episode out there somewhere where you, me, and Jeff Jalka talked about 1990 SummerSlam. Uh, someday maybe that thing will see the, uh, the light of day, but uh, until then, we're going to definitely be rocking and rolling here tonight. Yes, sir. And the last member of our group tonight is a friend of mine from Down Under. No, it's not Dave Hall. Dave actually had a couple of issues here tonight um, with his car. So I'm actually bringing in another guy that I know. His name is Andrew Stewart. Andrew, how's it going tonight? Good. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing well. Um, It's kind of a, a fun group of individuals that we have here tonight. Everybody's got their own different views on pro wrestling. Everybody's got their own different avenues of how they became fans. And tonight, we're going to be going through the 20 questions for every wrestling fan. Now, this was kind of a a, a thing that started going around on the internet a couple of weeks ago. I saw it, and I said, hey, man, we should definitely put this together. Um, On our last episode, um, you know, I I talked about what we're going to be doing in the future. I wanted to put this in there simply because of all the things that we've been putting together, um, kind of as a, a, a stopping point before Dave Hall and I rebooked 1993 WCW. Um, so, gentlemen, are you guys ready to answer those 20 questions? Yes, sir. Awesome. The way that we're going to be doing this tonight is I'm going to be asking the questions, and the individuals involved in this group are just simply going to be given some answers. We're going to have some discussion, and we're kind of just going to see where everything takes us. Um, if you are looking for the 20 questions, I will be posting them on um, the podcast website as we get done. Remember to check us out on Podbean and iTunes. I also post over at ProWrestlingOnly.com. We also have our own Facebook group, the Low Blow Booking Podcast. So make sure to come and join the group if you're interested. We always have some updates on what we're going to be doing in the future. And uh, it's, it's a great community, and, and we're looking to start something big. So uh, definitely check us out. So I guess here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to answer the 20 questions for every wrestling fan the first question is who is your favorite current superstar andrew i'm going to start with you who is your favorite current superstar now we're gonna we're gonna have no limits on this 
So if you have somebody from an indie promotion that you like, do that. If it's somebody from TNA, do that. ROH, do that. If it's somebody from WWE, do that. Let us know who um, in your gamut of wrestling is your favorite in comparison to the question I asked. So, Andrew, who is your current favorite superstar in pro wrestling? Uh, I'm going to start with WWE right now. I'm going to have to go with Kevin Owens. Um, I've been a fan of him since he was in, in Ring of Honor. He's been able to hone his craft for the past 15 years and, you know, making a statement on WWE. He's proven himself. Um, I have to also say I'm starting to like John Cena a lot right now, especially given that he's the United States champion. Um, I've not seen one shit match out of it. He's just been absolutely brilliant. Um, I'll have to go with Cena and Owen at this very moment. Um, I am a fan of Seth Rollins, but lately his matches haven't done much for me. But I am a massive fan of Seth Rollins, so I'll also choose him. With Independence, um, it's absolutely massive. I've got a massive list, and I'll try and summarize it all down. But... um, I'll have to go with uh, Ricochet, um, Puma uh, from Lucha Underground, um, John Morrison. Um, I'm also a fan of uh, UK wrestling, which is a big thing for me right now. Um, I paid so much attention to the UK style of wrestling, and uh, you've got Will Ospreay, Marty Straw, uh, Jimmy Havoc. So you've got all those guys who have uh, been able to put on such good shows, and I'll have to say... There's the majority of them. And Australian wrestling, um, Gary James and Josh Shooter. If you guys don't know who they are, I suggest you go on YouTube and look them up. Um, hit me up on Facebook. I will link you a couple of matches. Those guys are simply amazing local talent, and they deserve to be known globally. Um... Also, in Mexico, um, I've got a very good friend who's actually wrestling for Triple A, which is where uh, the original Sin Cara and uh, Rey Mysterio and Alberto Del Rio are at the moment. He's going under the name Australian Suicide. I know him personally. I'm great friends with him. He's also there. Um, I watch a lot of Japanese wrestling as well. So, uh, Shizuki Nakamura, uh, Okada, so... Yeah, I've got a big range of who my favourite guys are. I mean, because right now, wrestling is where you want it to be. There's just so much to watch, so little time. Awesome. Well, Andrew, you gave us a lot of answers. Now, if you had to narrow it down right now, and that's what we're going to do with the rest of them, I want to get one answer. Who is your current favourite superstar to watch? Did you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, my favourite, uh, definitely Rico Chant Puma. Um, any of his matches, you know, straight out of water. Um, for those who don't watch Lucha Underground, I suggest you watch his match with John Morrison um, from this past week. One hour Iron Man match, um, you're going to see everything that he can give you. Um, it's just going to blow your mind. Awesome. Definitely him to be watching. Awesome. All right, Ben, I'm going to bring it over to you. Right now, who is your number one favorite current superstar to watch? Oh, it's got to be Kevin Owens. I mean, I'm a, I'm a longtime Steam fan, and I've, I've got a chance to see him work in a number of, like, different promotions and stuff. Uh, but I'd be, I'd be lying if I, if I said that this was expected. 
I mean, this has been six months of just like straight dominance. I've never seen a character brought into to NXT and from the Nike debuts up until now have this kind of rise and be like this this interesting and this much fun to watch. Um, I really do think part of what's worked so well with him is just him being like this like traveling ass kicking champion. It's almost kind of like a like a territory throwback in a way. I mean, just this past week he had you know he was on all four of the major shows, had great matches with four different guys, and he didn't even interact with the guy that he's got the title match in the title match with in three weeks. I mean, he's got more feuds than there is TV time. Uh, another thing I think that really works for him is that they haven't they they haven't changed much, and that's something I noticed with a lot of this. Um, this NXT class, uh, the guys that like that myself and I'm sure a lot of other people like, like, uh, like Atami and Balor and Zane, like they're making a couple of cosmetic changes, stuff to kind of get them under like, you know, WWE copyrights, but they're letting a lot of these guys run. And when someone like Steen shows up, it's, it's, if you liked Kevin Steen before, you're going to like him now. I mean, I don't think the, that big of much, it's, it's that big of a deal to change someone's last name and their finisher. And that's really about all that you've switched up. Um, I, I guess the only concern I, I have right now is what happens after the Cena feud. But for the time being, I'm just trying to enjoy like the ride as it's going along. Awesome. This, this has been crazy. Absolutely. I think he's had a great run. So 2-0 and for Kevin Owens. Let's hear from Patrick. Who is your current favorite star to watch? Well, we're going to make it 3-0 and because Kevin Owens. Um, you know, everything that's been said is everything I would say. Uh, again, like I'm a longtime fan. Obviously, he worked for Two Stubby, so I have a bias there as well. But uh, we've already said everything. Um, if there was like a runner-up, real quick, I would see Dean Ambrose, just to throw another name out in the conversation, because I really like what he's done in the last few months. Um, so if, you know, if there's a runner-up option, I'd go with him. But Kevin Owens is the man right now. Oh man, three and zero for Kevin Owens. Oh, I can't make it four and zero yet. And I say yet because Kevin Owens still has to prove to me that he can be a weekly commodity for a long period of time on WWE television. I have to say that, you know, in terms of a guy for me to watch right now, it's Brock Lesnar. I think he's he's my favorite guy to watch. But when it comes to my favorite current star to watch on a weekly basis, Dean Ambrose is so damn good right now. He He's just... He's got such an aura about him that I don't know if he needs to be the WWE champion, but I do know that he needs to be the more of a focal point on their shows. So um, we've got three and for or three and one. Kevin Owens, uh, you know, definitely a, a favorite right now, and he is great. Um, and then I'm going to go with Dean Ambrose, and that's going to lead us into our next question. We're kind of just going to snake through this thing. Who is your favorite superstar of all time? Now, like I said, we need one person. I don't want. I, I we could talk all night about a couple of different guys, but who is the one person who is your favorite superstar of all time? And I'm going to start this off. And I've had a lot of talk about it, and I have two. And the two of them are CM Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin. If anybody's ever read a Territory Wars show, both of those guys are my favorites. But I have to say that Stone Cold Steve Austin is my favorite wrestler of all time. Everything he did, in my opinion, was great, and I, I loved watching him. He was a reason why I was hooked for so long in the mid-90s, and I even like going back and watching him as stunning Steve Austin. So Stone Cold is my favorite of all time. Patrick, who you got? Uh, for the purpose of this, I had to pick one person. I would go with Bret Hart. Um, I, yeah, I grew up in that uh, when he was becoming 
uh, tag team champion, when he became the Intercontinental Champion, when he became the WF World Champion. Uh, so I seen his his career grow. Uh, I was always a Hart fan from day one. Uh, so if we're gonna go all time and we can only pick one, I have to say Bret Hart. Awesome, Ben. Who you got? Uh, if I'm going all time, I think I'm gonna have to go with Terry Funk. Uh, I can't think of anyone who's more who's more versatile. I mean, you know, heel, face, technician, comedy spots, brawler, promos. I mean. When you want the total package, I think like Funk is a five-tool player. Awesome. All right, Andrew, favorite wrestler uh, of all time? Uh, one to be controversial, um, Chris Benoit. There you go. Because, I'll take it. Because, not because of what he did outside the ring, but inside the ring, he was such a crafty, technical wrestler. And when I first watched wrestling, I watched him against Eddie Guerrero, who's also a favorite. But in saying that, I also grew up loving Edge. And if I really had to pick, it would definitely be Edge. Uh, everything that he was able to do, his promos, his style, everything that he put himself into that wrestling, it just made me completely connect and like him straight away. I, I completely agree with that. Hey, I'm going to put it out there. I thought Chris Benoit was amazing in the ring. I think we can all agree to that. Obviously, outside of the ring, he did something terrible and bad. And um, if he actually did it, controversy. Um, but, you know, that's it is what it is. And I'm not going to spend any more time on it. Chris Benoit, a great professional wrestler, um, always gave 110%. Um, hopefully, we get a chance to talk about him a little bit in the future. Now, Andrew, we're going to come right back to you. And hopefully... We can um, we we'll keep this one succinct. Um, who is your favorite diva right now? Okay, it's not someone in the WWE, well, is in the WWE, but not on the main roster. I'm going to NXT, and I'm giving it to two people: Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. All right, Ben, how about you? Uh, I would have to go with Paige. Just because Paige's offense is is like nothing else on the roster. She's she's a lot of fun to watch. She's hard hitting. Uh, she she seems like she has kind of like that like Bull Nakano, Asha Kong style, and it's it's just very believable and fun to watch. All right, Patrick, who you got for your favorite diva right now? Uh, I'm gonna go with Paige. I think that uh, you know since her debut, it started off a little shaky, but right now with her. Uh, Feud with the Bella Twins and this new generation of divas that they're going, the storylines they're going with. Uh, I just find her very entertaining, and I think she's great in the ring, so I'd go with Paige. I'm actually going to agree with you. Um, I, I, I love Paige. I think she's sexy, and I think she's fun to, fun to watch, and I think she's a pretty damn good wrestler on top of it. So I'm going to give her that. And now we go to the favorite diva of all time, and I loved Beth Phoenix. She was incredible. So sexy. So awesome to watch. She could really fucking hammer it in there. She was great. I Everything about Beth Phoenix, I love. The Glamazon, uh, one of my favorites. What I want to preface by this is that the diva does not have to be a wrestler. And if it, if it wasn't for Beth Phoenix, the winner would actually be woman. I always thought woman was the sexiest and most vivacious woman in the history of pro wrestling, I thought that she had everything. Um, of course, we can get into controversy and Crispin Juan, blah, 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 blah. But if you watch 1989 WCW, oh, I'm telling you what, woman was amazing. So, Patrick, coming back at you, favorite diva of all time. Uh, this was tough. Uh, I, I went through the roster of people that I, I love to watch. 
Um, but one name came down to it, and it's probably just because uh, she's a most recent retiree, but AJ Lee. Um, yeah, I, I loved everything she did from the moment she came on NXT to the moment she left on Raw. I just There wasn't a thing I didn't like about anything she did. In the ring, uh, almost every promo she did, I just loved her. All right, Ben, what do you think? I was on the fence about AJ Lee about pretty much all the way up to the end. Uh, I ended up going with Lita, I think purely on the amount of punishment that she took. I mean, not the most polished talent. I mean, especially around that time, a lot of people looked to Trish as someone who really kind of came into her own and became a better performer. Um, but her, I mean, she had a high-risk style that was entertaining. And I don't know if you'll ever see someone that resilient. Uh, I, don't think, I don't know if you'll ever see another diva that resilient again. All right, Andrew, favorite diva of all time? Okay, I'm going to say woman instead of diva because these two that I'm picking are not divas. They are woman besties. I'm going with Madison Eagles, who's from Australia. She was the 2011 PWI number one female wrestler in the world. And I'm also going with Gail Kim because there is simply no one better than Gail Kim. And there's naked pictures of her on the internet, so that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go down to number five. Let's keep cruising through these guys. Uh, number five, WrestleMania or SummerSlam, and why? Let's keep it short. WrestleMania or SummerSlam, Andrew. Uh, I'm going to go SummerSlam. It's the biggest swerve of all time because SummerSlam has given me some of the greatest matches I've ever seen. WrestleMania um, is something I don't even like because it's just overrated sometimes. Um, I've always hated The Undertaker, and I'll speak about that a bit later on. But um, I'm going SummerSlam. All right. What do you got, Ben? I can agree with Andrew a little bit about the, about Mania being a bit overrated, but I still would choose that over SummerSlam. It's just that's the show that they built to all year. It's really what they put like you know all their eggs into that basket. So between more high-profile matches and bigger moments, I would go Mania. Patrick, what do you got? Uh, this is tough for me also, but yeah, WrestleMania. Uh, SummerSlam was the first pay-per-view I ever watched live, so I have a nostalgia factor there. But when you go back through all the history and the matches and the moments, uh, you can't beat WrestleMania. It'd be interesting for me to sit down and look at SummerSlam and WrestleMania year to year and see which one I prefer. I'd probably end up with Mania simply because I, I, I remember so much more, but I... I I remember so much more from Mania, but I enjoy SummerSlam so much more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it, but I, I'd probably pick Mania simply because I, 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 I have such higher expectations for it. Now, this next question is pretty simple. Um, yes or no, do you have the WWE Network? And if so, what has been your favorite thing to see on there? Um, so for me, I do have the WWE Network. Um, and I think my favorite thing that I've got to watch on there, I've, I've gone back and watched the Clash of the Champions. I, I love the NWA. I love WCW. Um, and I, I got to go back and watch all of those um, through that time. So, Patrick, do you have the WWE Network? And if you do, what has been your favorite thing to watch? I do have the WWE Network. Um, I'm re-watching WCW from Clash of Champions 1 through Nitros and, and all the pay-per-views. Uh, so I would say the WCW Collection. But uh, run up to, like, NXT shows as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I have the network. Um, it was really great to get it first to be able to keep up with NXT after hearing about it for so long. Uh, I think the – aside from NXT, my favorite thing to probably watch a lot of, uh, believe it or not, is actually TNT. 
there's certain stuff that just came before my time, and that show is so kitschy and weird. Mm-hmm. Like, if if I had a chance to actually sit down with Vince McMahon, as, as ridiculous as that sounds, like, I think every question I would ask him would be about that show. Oh, yeah. How about you, Andrew? Do you have the network, and can you answer me legally? I do have the network. Um, I mainly watch it for the pay-per-views. Um, I don't actually watch much of the network. I don't, for, don't have enough time, but when I do, I watch a lot of NXT pay-per-views. I like the documentaries and the podcasts. Those two are something I love watching, and of course, love watching a bit of the old stuff as well. But it's mainly the documentaries and the podcasts for me. Awesome. <laughs> All right, here we go, fellas. We got two fun questions in a row. Number seven, what is your favorite title belt of all time? Keep it simple. What do you got, Andrew? Winged Eagle belt. No arguments. All right, Ben, what do you got? I would say the same. Really? 2-0 and for the Winged Eagle. Patrick, tell me something different. Uh, the Intercontinental title, late 80s, early 90s. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The late 1980s NWA television championship with the red leather is my favorite title belt of all time. Now, my favorite current title belt. I think that title belts themselves have gotten so, like, you know, they try to be so glamorous with it. Um, I have to go old school. I, I mean, the, the Intercontinental title belt still has the old school feel, so I'd have to go with that. What about you, Patrick? Uh, the current IWGP championship actually looks really uh, – it's a nice belt. I like it. You know, it's kind of not really flashy. I, I mean, it is, but it isn't. You know, it's still kind of an old school belt um, with a little modern twist, so I like that belt. Oh, I can hear that. What do you got, Ben? Uh, it's a bit gaudy, but I'm going with the NXT championship. There you go. How about you, Andrew? What's your favorite current title belt? Uh, Intercontinental Championship. Ever since the white leather has gone on, it's always been one of my favorite belts. And honestly, I probably would have picked it as my favorite title belt of all time as well. There you go. All right, here we go, gentlemen. Let's talk about your least favorite superstar of all time. Just give me a quick answer and as to why, because I could go on and on about mine. But, Andrew, who's your least favorite superstar of all time? Uh, least favorite? Um, honestly, that's a hard question because there's so many of wrestlers that I do not like. But I'm going with Raven, given that I've already met him, and I never ever liked him. So I'm going with Raven. All right, Ben, who you got? For a sheer amount of uh, matches I've seen, it's going to be IRS. I mean, oh really? The same beat by beat, born matches, tired promo. That went on for four years. I mean, when like really, when the highlight of his career is that he made Ted DiBiase boring. Yeah, IRS. Have you ever seen Mike Rotundo wrestle? It's weird. Like the the, the pre IRS stuff. I remember like the US Express. I remember some of the stuff in WCW, but from IRS back to when he went to WCW and it was like VK Wall Street, oh, Michael yeah. Wall Street. Woof. I'm done. Done. All right, Patrick. Who you got? Uh, the Great Collie. I mean, come on. That's <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, my least favorite superstar, and I wouldn't even call him a superstar of all time, is the fucking boogie-woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. I can't fucking stand that son of a bitch. Oh, my God, I could go on and on right now about how much I hate him. I can't, I find absolutely no value in him whatsoever, and he comes at a, a first, and at a close second is Ricky Morton. I cannot stand Ricky Morton. 
at all. I, I don't find any redeeming quality in him whatsoever. But I'm not going to go on and on. I'm going to just sit on my soapbox for a second. And I'll say my least favorite current superstar. Now, when it comes down to it, I look at everybody that is going on right now. And I, I primarily watch the WWE. I'll be honest. I don't get too much into Ring of Honor. I don't get too much into TNA. But right now, my least favorite superstar to see, because of what they're doing with him, is Sheamus. I can't. I, I can't buy into him whatsoever. I have no value in Sheamus whatsoever. How about you, Patrick? Uh, I look through the rosters, and it's a tough choice. Cause I, I don't really hate anybody. I don't really have a least favorite at the moment. But looking at everybody I've seen in the last, like, six months, I'm going to go with Alex Riley. This guy, I've never liked him. And, you know, I know he's out injured at the moment, but uh, he was just wrestled a few weeks ago. And, and he's just, I don't. Alex I don't see Riley, yeah. Yeah. Hey, funny quick story. So when I was a pro wrestler in uh, Wisconsin, there was a kid named Alex Riley, and he would actually wrestle under the name Alex Riley. And then the WWE came out with Alex Riley, so he had to change his name. <laughs> All right, who you got, Ben? Uh, Miss. Yeah, I can I can see that. I it's I, I can't believe that the guy's been around for this long, and nothing about him ever seems entertaining and. The whole thing when they tried to turn him face, I think, what, man, was like a year, year and a half ago? Like, that somehow made it worse? Like, I don't know. It's just, I, I see him and he's someone that I can just instantly not pay attention to. I hear that. I hear that at all. Absolutely. How about you, Andrew? Who's your least favorite superstar right now? Uh, I, um, the, it's actually Tag Team. Um, the Ascension and the Primetime players, I absolutely hate them. The Ascension to me are so boring. You know, ripping off like the eighties style gimmick at this point is I hate the prime time players, not because he's dull and young. I mean I like him as a wrestler, but as a tag team, it just they're doing charisma for me. There's just nothing there in it for me. And the fact that they won the tag team champions really pisses me off. I would rather see Lucha Dragons happen. Yeah. I, I, I think I think it's it's time for I mean the Lucha Dragons are gonna get it at some point, so don't feel too bad. All right, gentlemen, we've gone through 20, 10 questions so far. I think we've got some pretty fun answers. Let's jump into our second 10 questions as we finish things off. Um, and then there is a bonus question. So, Andrew, you're going to start us off here on our second way through. The question is, what is your favorite WrestleMania moment of all time? This is going to upset many people, but when Brock Lesnar breaks the streak. What, what, what about that for you was... was your favorite moment? Well, given that Undertaker has won so many times, you know, it's one of the main reasons why I don't like Undertaker because he just had that WrestleMania, like, he had all that WrestleMania win. And to me, I just found it pointless. Like, he put on such a clinic and he'd win every time. It's just like, dude, this is just getting pointless. It was getting boring. And then all of a sudden, he brings back Brock Lesnar and he beats The Undertaker. And that moment there alone was everyone in shock. Everyone just went silent. It was like someone died. And to me, that would be always my favorite WrestleMania moment because nobody ever thought that Taker would lose at WrestleMania. I, I, can, I, I, I sat and watched it, and I was speechless. So, Ben, what do you think for your favorite WrestleMania moment? Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, the Warrior Savage retirement match from uh, Mania 7. Oh, yeah. 
that was uh, that was really early on into me uh, becoming a fan, and that's like the first that's I think the first angle I really remember seeing built from start to finish. Uh, I mean, I, I still think the match holds up pretty well. Uh, I, yeah, I think it's Warriors' best match, and the ending with Savage reuniting, reuniting with Elizabeth was I mean that's that's enjoyable and. I mean, I, I thought everything about that was was really well done. I mean, I'm a little preferential because I, you know, you know, if you know the Savage List stuff, then you know where it built to later in the summer with uh, Jake turning heel. But yeah, for for an early angle, I still think it holds up pretty well. All right, Patrick, favorite WrestleMania moment of all time. Uh, I'm going to go with Danny Ryan winning the title at WrestleMania 30. Um, I'm kind of an indie-rific type of fan at the moment. So looking back at all of those 31 years that there has been, that really just stands out as something that, you know, we talk about Undertaker not losing WrestleMania and that everybody being shocked by that. Who would have ever thought that Daniel Bryan from Ring of Honor, Brian Anderson, would have been holding up the World Heavyweight Championship at the end of any WrestleMania, let alone the 30th one? I, I can appreciate that. I was actually at WrestleMania 29 over in New York, New Jersey. It was in New Jersey. Don't lie to yourself. No New York. Um, and uh, my favorite WrestleMania moment was being there, um, seeing the entire event. But I went there for one match, and that was to see CM Punk defeat The Undertaker. And the entrances of that match, I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it. It was It was absolutely incredible. And... I, I remember that match so vividly. It was my it's my favorite match um, that I've watched live. It's my favorite WrestleMania moment is to be there in that arena. And I was with my girlfriend at the time, and she actually looked at me as I was watching the match. And after we got done watching the match, she goes, "You were really focused on that." And I was like, "You're damn right. This is what I came to see. This is what I spent my money on. I could have left after that. I don't give a fuck about Triple H and, and Brock at that point. I didn't care about Cena and Rock." I, I wanted to see that match, and I was upset that it didn't happen there. I thought that, and Paul Heyman just came out and said it a couple weeks ago, that hopefully, he was hoping that they would give CM Punk that win so that he would stay in WWE and, and continue that legacy, but he obviously didn't. Um, that's where I thought it was going. Yeah, and I, I thought that was great. Um, but that's my favorite WrestleMania moment of all time. Now, we go to number 12, our favorite era. Um, as I go back and I think about the history of pro wrestling, my favorite era to watch would undoubtedly be, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give this to you guys, a question like this. You've got to give me like a, a specific set of years. No, It's got to be one to four years. And for me, it would be 1988 to 1992. I think some people call that the Federation era. Um, for me, that was my favorite time to watch. I loved everything. I loved everything. It's actually five years when you get down to it. But I loved everything about it. Um, you know that 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 was my that was my favorite time to watch. So Patrick, how about you? Uh, I'm going to say the Monday Night War era. I'm going to go uh, four years. So let's go 97 to 01. Uh, if you got Raw, you got Nitro, and you have ECW all mixed in there. Oh yeah, phenomenal four years right there. Heatwave '98, one of my favorites. Um, how about you, Ben? Uh, I'm going to say the the first like the start of. Uh, the Hulkamania era, so that would be, what, like, late 84 to, uh, if I, I guess if I had to cap it, I'd probably run, like, WrestleMania 3. Um, just, like, the whole idea that, that there was this period where wrestling became pop culture, and obviously it happened again on a, on a different level, 
in the Attitude Era, but the idea that like all these characters became household names and that you got so familiar with them and on the business end of things, you know, you have you have the first WrestleMania, which is still which has become like a, you know, an institution at this point. Another thing too is my my favorite uh, wrestling show of all time was Saturday Night's Main Event, and oh, yeah. that show actually was really influential on how they shot TV and how they presented things on TV. It really changed the look of the product as a whole. All right, Andrew, how about you? Your favorite era? Um, if I'm only going to choose right now, I'd pick between '93 and '95 because that was when wrestling really peaked with all the big names. Um. I would see it as the modern era, kind of. That's what it was called. Um, back then, and also the entertainment era, which was uh, 2004 and 2005, with uh, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and all them. All um, right. I'd, hey. pick, I'd pick in between those. Hey, guys, by the way, I'm watching this Mid-South DVD right now, and Kamala slammed Andre the Giant back in, like, 1984. Just to let everybody know. Stan Hansen did it before then. Hulk Hogan also did it before WrestleMania 3 as well. Kamala actually slams him too, which is pretty sweet. Didn't Harley Race slam him before? Harley Race slammed him before too. So I want to I want to ruin all your hopes and dreams that Andre's never been slammed before uh, WrestleMania 3. Um, anyways, let's go. Let's keep going. Uh, what's your favorite match of the year so far? Uh, Andrew, start us off. Okay. Um. Definitely Cena versus Owens, the second one. Uh, by far, probably the greatest match I've seen. But if I want to go outside the WWE, I will have to go with the Best of Super Junior Finals between Carl uh, O'Reilly and Kushida. Um, probably one of my favourite matches of the year. Um, I suggest people uh, try and find it on Daily Motion. Um, it's probably going to be on there rather than... YouTube, um, even, um, yeah, there's been a fair few, uh, matches that have been good, but I'll give it to those two for sure. All right, let's keep it going, Ben. A uh, fair match would be Cena versus Owens from the Elimination Chamber. Uh, I, th- I think the argument could be made that the second match they had together was better, yeah. but that first match was just so unexpected. I absolutely didn't see that outcome coming without, you know, DQ some sort of cheating, but just to go over clean was, that was pretty incredible. How about you, Patrick? Uh, I would say Kevin Owens, John Cena, Money in the Bank, and a close runner-up to the King's Sports with the Bullet Club from Ring of Honor, one of the Philadelphia shows, I can't remember which one, night two, I think. All right. Well, uh, it's been a tough year for me to watch wrestling. Um, I think there's a couple of my favorites out there. Now, this one may not be, like, overly big, but... My favorite match from a uh, an emotional standpoint was Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker. I thought they told a really good story. Um, I actually really liked the facials that they did did in that match. Um, it's it was just one of my favorites to watch. It was kind of an old school type thing, um, and it was entertaining for me. I I, I know that the streak kind of is dead, but I still think that there was something to be said about that match, and it was one of my favorite ones that I watched. Um, now I know Andrew, we've only got a little bit of time, so we're going to kind of try and get done. If we don't get done, I apologize. Andrew's going to drop off at some point, but, uh, we're going to try and get through this entire show. So let's go to number 14, your favorite piece of merchandise that you own. I guess, um, 
my favorite are all my wrestling guys. I, 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 I have a huge collection at home. Um, I have them from the big LGN guys all the way to the WCW Galoob guys to the, uh, the Hasbro guys. Um, I had the rubber guys that they had in uh, the mid-90s. Um, even the miniature guys that they had in the late nineties. So those are all my, that's my favorite merchandise that I own. How about you, uh, Patrick? Uh, I would have to say my, my vast collection of footage, whether it be VHSs, DVDs, uh, you know, video downloads that I have, just all of the footage that I have. All right, Ben, how about you? Uh, I, I'm going to, I guess, with a little bit of an emotional choice. Um, I still actually have a, uh, a big boss man hat from the first show I ever oh, went nice. to in, like, August of 1990. So, I would say that. How about you, Andrew? Uh, I've got a fair few merchandise, but I'll go with uh, Kevin Owens, and I've also got um, the Rainmaker shirt and the Forever Hooligan shirt, so I'll pick out of those three of my favorite shirts that I've got. All right. Favorite faction of all time. Andrew, start us off. Who's your favorite faction of all time? This is a no-brainer. I'm going with the Shield. Ooh, pretty simple. How about you, Ben? Uh, the Heenan family. The Heenan family. Nice stable. All right, Patrick, what do you got? The 1997 version of the Heart Foundation. Whoa. Good pretty, choice. Pretty good choice there. Um, <laughs> I just watched the Horseman DVD the other day. Um, my favorite faction, because this is one I watched, was the 1990 version of the Horseman with Sid, Barry Windham, Arn Anderson, and Ric Flair, along with Ole Anderson as their manager. I just love those guys. I, I thought they were great. And I know they badmouth the shit out of Sid, but I thought that he was like a legit guy that, you know, they couldn't be stopped with Sid in their, in their, in their corner. So um, that, that was my favorite faction of all time. Um, let's go to number 16. Do you like the current WWE World Heavyweight Championship? I do. I'm glad that they consolidated because they don't know how to run two promote or two uh, brands very well with SmackDown and Raw. And I think that NXT needs to be an under an undercard type deal. So I'm okay with the with the consolidation of the one heavyweight championship. What do you think, Patrick? I totally agree. Two belts just is just a clutter at the top, and it, they never really could decide what was more important. Whatever happened to be on Raw, uh, but when they kill the brand split, what's the point? So yeah, one one belt. That's awesome. How about you, uh, Ben? Agreed. Once once they stop with the uh, the brand split, the unification is fine. Absolutely. How about you, Andrew? I am going to say I disagree because I do miss the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, in saying that, it's because it allowed people to watch more wrestling. Nowadays, everyone's only watching Raw. You watch SmackDown, and it's 30 minutes of recaps, it's 30 minutes of repetitive promos. There's no storyline development there. And right now, I see guys like Seamus, I see guys like Cena, I see Orton. They're all lost in the shuffle. If SmackDown had kept the World Heavyweight Champion, I would have seen Roman Reigns as their champion. And I think many people would have been okay with that instead of shitting him down. I mean, I do it myself. I don't really like Reigns. But if they still have the the brand split and the two roster, I don't think many people would be angry if he even did win the title. It's just given the fact that the title is now on its own, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, if Roman was to win that, people were just going to shit on it just because it's the main title. I, and 
I can give you I can give you some credit on that answer. Um, I do think that they need to bloat their roster a little bit more so that they can possibly have two titles. I just don't think that they have the the amount of guys to really run two shows at that time. And in saying that, you look at guys like the Miz, who is a former WWE champion. You've got so many guys, and they're stuck in mid-card hell right now. I mean, you've got the Miz facing Ryback and Big Show, shit that nobody wants to see, excuse my swim, but, you know, if no one wants to see that, if they did the brand split, you would, they would be able to get to the opportunity of where they really belong. And right now, I find it very hard for people to work in that main event, because it's so limited these days, and... It's a bit unfair on many people, like Dolph Ziggler, for example, who's a hell of a worker, but he's never going to get that push. Yep. And the, and the same goes with Wade Barrett as well. All right, Andrew, we're going to come back at you with a pretty simple yes or no question. Do you think the Divas should have more titles? Um, I'm going to go with yes, but only in NXT. They need an NXT tag Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat, you know, like Andrew said, uh, start it in NXT, start the women's tag team division, see where it goes, and then if it does take off, let's build it from there, and um, let's let's keep the tag team titles going with the, with the women, but right now, it's not there, so absolutely not. Alright, number 18, what is your favorite finisher of all time? Um... I love the burning hammer from Kenta Kobayashi. That, in my opinion, was one of the most dangerous-looking uh, maneuvers of all time. And to me, it was just so devastating. It was one of my favorites to see. What do you think, Patrick? Uh, my, my pick would be the Tombstone Power Driver. Uh, with Undertaker doing it for so long. And, and it, you know, never, ever hurting anybody, but making it look like he just dropped them completely on their, on their skull. Uh, that maneuver just looked awesome. And a lot of people have done the tombstone over the years, but I think this, that maneuver is just fantastic. All right. How about you, Ben? You know, Derek, until you said the thing about Kobashi, I kind of hadn't taken myself out of the uh, the WWE for this. Unfortunately, I was going to go with the F5, but I would actually go with uh, Stan Hansen's Lariat because nobody hit it harder than him. Oh, yeah. Hansen's Lariat was amazing. How about you, Andrew? What do you think? What's your favorite finisher of all time? Uh, uh, Andrew, you guys say, um, I'm going to have to go with... Um, the Baymaker um, is one of my all-time favorite moves, but it also gives the RKO. It just out of nowhere. It's just one of those moves that gets the crowd to pop. And to me, I'm just going to have to go with the RKO if I have to pick one. All right, let's move to number 19. What is your favorite stipulation on a match? Andrew, start us off. Uh, 
I'm going to go with the false count anywhere or a submission map. Um, with the false count anywhere, it allows allows weapon to happen. Allows people to hone their craft and use different spots outside. They go through the crowd. They look for something new. And to me, they can add something that they haven't done before going through that crowd. And when I say submission match, I love technical wrestling. You know, submission hey. matches are something so important to me because you're crafting everything in that ring. You're not looking for the pinfall. You're looking to submit them. And to me, that will always be my favorite. All right, so I'm going to add another part to this match, or another part to this question. What's your favorite match of that stipulation, Andrew? Oh, there's so many matches in the uh, Forge Count Anywhere matches that I have liked. But I'm going to have to go with Mick Foley's Forge Count Anywhere. Um, take your pick, because um, anything with Mick Foley has that. Uh, I'll, honestly, I'll probably go with Randy Orton, Mick Foley, in the No Hold Badge Falls Count Anywhere match. Oh, yeah. That was a great one. Absolutely brutal. But I also could go with Terry Funk and Mick Foley. From the Raw match? Yes. Yeah. All right. How about you, Ben? What do you think? What's your favorite stipulation, and then what's your favorite match from it? I want to thank Andrew for basically saying everything I was going to say because I was going to say false count anywhere, and my my example was going to be the uh, the Mick Foley Randy Orton match. Uh, I used to be a huge fan of the uh, the hardcore division, and I mean I like the twenty four seven stuff that could be a little you know a little silly, a little funny at times. I was always kind of preferential to stuff that started in the ring and ended somewhere in or just like immediately outside of the arena. But if you're going to look at that style of match, uh, Foley is is perfect. Awesome. How about you, Patrick? Uh, I'm going to have an odd choice, but I'm going to go with, like, elimination-style matches, much like the Survivor Series matches. Uh, I really like those matches if they're done right, and most of the time they are. Uh, I just I think that the, all the combinations of stuff you can do, all the different players you can put in the matches, just make those things very exciting. And I would have a close run-up with War Games because I love War Games. Absolutely. What's your favorite Survivor or War Games match? Uh, War Games, I would go with Dangerous Lions versus Sting Squadron, 1992, Russell War. Nice. Um, all right, so I've got two. Obviously, my number one favorite is the War Games, and I think that the um, the Sting Squadron match is pretty high on my list. I really like the 91 edition as well with the Horsemen versus uh, Sting's team. Um, and then my second favorite would be the Royal Rumble Um my favorite one, and I know it's not very good at the end, I love the 1989 Royal Rumble. I've watched that match a hundred times. I love it. Um, 90 was pretty damn good, and of course 2001 was also really great. Um, 92 is obviously one of the best ones of all time. So, All right, here we go. Number 20, our favorite pay-per-view of all time. The pay-per-view that you could sit down and watch at any point in time. I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to give me Three answers, and I want to keep them short because I know Andrew's got to get going. For for me, number three would be Heatwave '98 from W or ECW. I love that show, start to finish. Number two would be the uh, Starcade '1991 Battle Bowl. I can recite that that pay per view for you from front to back. Um, I've listened to it and and watched it and and loved it for countless years. 
And then number one is the 1989 Great American Bash. Yep, I didn't give you any WWE shows. WrestleMania 17 is amazing. It's my number four. But for me, the 1989 Great American Bash, it's got probably one of my favorite matches of all time with Terry Funk and Ric Flair. I love all of it. Everything put together, I remember that being one of the first shows that I bought um, when I got money. And and I loved it. Every every ounce of it. Patrick, what do you think? I'm glad we went with three because I actually had three written down. And they are all WWF. Um, in no particular order, I have SummerSlam 88, WrestleMania 3, and Survivor Series 87. Uh, SummerSlam 88 is because that's my first show I ever, uh, my first pay-per-view I ever watched, so there's that just nostalgia value to that. Uh, WrestleMania 3, because I just, when I watched it as a kid, just the, uh, everything, the, the big angle that built into it, the, you know, 78,000, 93,000, however many people there, um, and then, like I said earlier, my favorite match is the elimination match, so when I saw Survivor Series 87, I just fell in love with that show. Awesome. What do you think, Ben? Uh, for my three, I'm going to go with uh, WrestleMania 7. That was the first pay-per-view that I ever watched. Um, Rumble 92, uh, I think, is pretty much my entire like young fandom captured into one three-hour show. I mean, you take out that, that Beverly's Bushwhackers match, and it's perfect to me. And I guess the last one would be... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say ECW Barely Legal. Uh, I thought that was a good way to, uh, to put their best foot forward like on their first outing. Oh, Absolutely. What do you think, Andrew? Give me your three favorite pay-per-views of all time. Okay. Um, no Mercy 2002 is one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. Um, I was into wrestling, but not as much. And from there, I think I, it's what made me really, really love wrestling. Um, another one is One Night Stand 2008. That was by far the best pay-per-view ever. And another one is not WWE, but New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 9. Uh, from start to finish, an amazing pay-per-view and pure investment, and it's just what we want. All right, gentlemen, we have gone through the 20 questions for every wrestling fan. Obviously, we all have some great opinions on things. Um, I'm going to kind of wrap up the first part of this, and, and Andrew, I'm going to wish you well as you've got other things to do today. I'm going to wrap up with Ben and Patrick here in just a moment, so I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, it's been a pleasure to speak with you and, and talk with you. Um, hopefully you have a great rest of your day, um, and uh, we look forward to working with you in the future, man. Thank you for allowing me to be on this podcast, man. Awesome. All right, Andrew, you have a good rest of your day. Thank you for joining me. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna disconnect you from this, and uh, you have a great rest of your afternoon, okay? Uh, cheers, Mike. Thank you. All right. Now, I've, I've got Ben and I've got Patrick with me. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure working with you so far. Are you still here with me? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. All right, so when we think about these 20 questions, is there something that's missing from these questions? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Yes, Totally. They don't ask about favorite tag teams or least favorite tag teams. All right, so hey, here we go. Uh, I'm gonna let you start us off, Patrick. You're gonna okay. you're gonna uh, answer your favorite, favorite tag, tag team, team of all time. Oh, sorry, I hear you. Oh, yep, your favorite tag team of all time. I would go with the Heart Foundation. Um, it kind of stems from me picking the, the group, but when I first started watching wrestling, uh, Bulldogs and Heart Foundation were the two like teams I fell in love with. But as uh, you know, obviously the Bulldogs fell off like a year or two. 
I started watching like 85, 86. Uh, so they were gone by like 88, and the Heart Foundation went through like 90, 91. So um, just for that, uh, and the fact that Bret Hart and Jim Nighthart were just a phenomenal tag team, I would go with them. All right. What do you think, Ben? Who's your favorite tag team of all time? Uh, I think it's going to be the Steiner Brothers. Uh, they're, they're not from the Federation or the area necessarily that I started in, but by the time that they got to WWF, like those first, that, that entire first year of Monday Night Raw is just them just killing people, dropping them on their heads for like the entire match. They're amazing. Absolutely. I'm going to go with the first incarnation of the fabulous Freebirds, Terry Gordy, Buddy Roberts, and Michael P.S. Motherfucking Hayes. I started the Territory Wars because of the JYD blinding angle. And I wanted to recreate something like that. And they are, my, without a doubt, my favorite tag team. This is before they even touched in world class. And this is before they ever won a world tag team championship. They were amazing, and then they went to world class and did amazing stuff with the Von Erichs, and and then they went to WWF for a cup of coffee. They did some AWA, and then they went back to WCW, and it wasn't very nearly as good with Jimmy Garvin. Um, there is a really fun Wrestle Rock uh, show with uh, Garvin and Hayes versus the Road Warriors in a cage, um, but to me, Gordy uh, and Buddy Roberts and Michael Hayes, my favorite tag team of all time. Uh, the Freebirds. Now, I'm going to come it back at you guys with your least favorite tag team of all time. Uh, I'd have to say one of my least favorite tag teams of all time would probably be probably be mm, the Body Donnas. I didn't buy into them at all. I thought they were decent workers. I wish they were given a different angle, um, a different you know way that they different characters because. You know, they were both really good workers, and I love Sonny, but I didn't really buy into everything that they were putting out there. Ben, who do you think? Least favorite tag team of all time? Jeez. Um, it's a toss-up, but I think I have to go with the Bushwhackers. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's crazy to me because years after I, I had saw them in WWF, you know, you'd find like old magazines and stuff, and to see what they were doing as the sheep herders into what they got turned into, it's, it's incredible. Like, it's, it's not even the same guys, but, yeah, I mean, their matches were never really enjoyable. I mean, I would say the only team that comes as close to them is probably uh, the Beverly Brothers from, from me. All right. Patrick, who do you think? Least favorite tag team of all time? Well done. Timothy Wells, Stephen Dunn. Uh, <laughs> like, 95 right there. Um, just WS in, in general had terrible teams. That Techno Team 2000, they were horrible. Uh, but a Well Done sticks out to me for some reason, so I would go with them. All right, Ben, is there a question on this list that you think should be asked that wasn't? The only thing that came to mind was, was a tag question. I really can't think of anything else. Patrick, any other questions that you thought of? Uh, the only thing I had written down was overrated and underrated wrestlers. All right, let, um, let's know, I, do I it. I didn't have any options or anything in my head, but that's just something that usually gets asked and didn't. Let, let's do it. Overrated and underrated wrestlers. Uh, Patrick, let's start with you. Who's the most overrated wrestler of all time? Oh, jeez. Uh-huh. Uh, overrated. That's that's tough. Um, I I can start it off. It's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I I think Kevin Nash was good choice. Or Triple H. I'm actually going to go with Triple H. I think that's he's my, the most o- overrated wrestler of all time. Triple H. You could never found a company on Triple H as a as a as your number one talent. Wow. 
yeah, you, you're right. Actually, if you think about it. I have this discussion with people and with you know friends of mine all over the all of the country about that, and it comes up often. So yeah, I would have to agree. Triple H is probably the most overrated guy. There, it, it, now, I'm not overrating Triple H as a wrestler. I'm overrating him as a a foundation for your company. Right. You look at his heydays. What what was his heyday? I mean, really, when it comes down to it, what was his his peak time period? Two thousand three to what? Two thousand five with Evolution. Would you say would that be? I think it's a fair assessment. I my my thing with Triple H is whether it was like you know the attitude going forward. His matches that have like this this particular reputation of being good. It always depends on who he's in there with. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's not so much to it's not so much to do with him. It's you know I mean people love the uh, the uh, Rumble 2000 match with him and Cactus. Yeah, that's but, not really. But I mean, what what Triple H's involvement was in that match? It's it, that's not what makes it memorable. And here's the thing: you talk about it. Who was he in there with? Great matches against Stone Cold Steve Austin, Foundation guy, Mick Foley, one of the greatest hardcore wrestlers of all time, The Rock, who. Uh, it's hard for me to say that he's a foundation guy too. Undertaker, he is a foundation guy. You could build a lot from him. I do think Triple H was, you know, definitely underrated or overrated in terms of his ability to be the one main guy in the promotion. I don't think that um, he should ever get that distinction. You know, if we're jumping, if we're jumping, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say if Triple H could be in there with a guy that could work. Or, you know, could carry somebody else, like Shawn Michaels, like Undertaker, like Stone Cold, then he was fine. He put on perfectly great matches. But if he was in there somebody who couldn't, who had to be carried, he couldn't do that. Like the matches with Scott Steiner. You know, stuff like that. Where, like, Jesus. you know, yeah, it's just like, he had to be in there somebody who could carry somebody. Otherwise, he, it, the matches were just horrible. Yeah, here's the thing. Hey, Triple H, go, go be the face of our company and face Rick Ste- or Scott Steiner. And what do we get? Shit. You know what I mean? It it just doesn't work that way, buddy. It, you know, and um, now let's go to the other part. Most underrated wrestler of all time. Anybody got an answer right off the top of their head? Uh, I'm a little off on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out Piper because I mean it took it took a long time for him before he got like a singles title, but he is. I think he's just as important as as Hogan when it comes to like the importance of that first WrestleMania. I I can uh, I can agree yeah. to that. I, I feel like you could just talk people into buildings. I mean, the guy was, to, like I said earlier, that stuff about the the Hulkamania era. Hulkamania era. Uh, anything to do with Piper? I mean, it's just nuclear, and I, I, I love watching that stuff. What about you, Patrick? Anybody come to mind? Um, I would actually say Terry Funk. I mean, I know among the hardcores, you know, he is a legend, and everybody uh, understands. But if you talk mainstream, um, you know, for what he's done. And for how long he's done it, I don't think he gets as much recognition as he, as, as he should. I can agree to that. I, I don't think that he's given as much respect as he should be given for his technical ability to wrestle a match. He's pretty uh-huh. damn good. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that he's an underrated performer in that sense. I, I think that he's underrated in the fact that everybody says, well, if you need a hardcore match, get Terry Funk. That's all he can do. He's way more than that. Uh, for me, I'd have to go with the big boss man. I thought nice. that the, the boss man was such an underutilized character. And, you know, when he was in a big, hot storyline, damn, he was good. 
but you know they they let they let so much go with him that uh you know it, it's hard to say w- would you give him a title I, d- I don't know but I I, I don't know it, it's interesting I just view him as a guy that never really reached his potential that's one of those I think interesting things is you know we're very much used to like the modern format where there's there's twelve sometimes thirteen shows a year and. I think sometimes maybe some fans, like you look at guys like like the boss man or Jake, who never held titles, um, and when you only had four shows a year with the occasional like uh, like main event, maybe a stop, like maybe they do something on like the weekend, one of the weekend shows, a lot of these guys, I think, not having that, um, you know, 12, like every month we need a show, we need to move a title, we need to do something, you know, you, you look at them as maybe not being as important as some of the modern guys, where the modern guys just have more opportunities. Yeah. Yep, I I can agree to that. All right, gentlemen, the last question that we have. The one match that really is like your number one go-to. If I need to watch a wrestling match tonight, what is it going to be? And I'm going to start off, and I, I said it earlier, Terry Funk versus Ric Flair, Great American Bash, 1989. Everything that happened, I think it's Hands and feet above the the I quit match that they have. I it, it's just so damn good, and there's blood, and there's you know Flair with the getting green mist by Muda, and just everything about it to me. Flair coming back from the injury, the world title on the line, everything, the two rings they even used. I mean, everything about it to me. It, it is it is the perfect match in my opinion. I, I love watching it. It's something I could watch at any point in time. Um, and you know, in Jim Ross at the beginning, he says Flair's going to have to keep his composure if he wants to be successful tonight. And Flair loses it, man. He just goes nuts. And uh, oh man, it's such a good match. Such a it's a great match. I love it. Um, that is my number one go to. Who's got one for me? Uh, I would say if I had to pick one match, uh, I would go like uh, 1992 Royal Rumble. You know, uh, title match, great storytelling, great commentary. Uh, you know, they keep you hooked from bell to bell. Uh, many different stories woven in and out throughout the match. I, I don't think you can go wrong there. Yep. How about you, Ben? What do you got? Uh. Off the top of my head, uh, only because I think it's, it's sort of an underrated match, I would say SummerSlam 2013, I think it's 2013, um, Brock Lesnar and CM Punk. That, good match. I mean, I, I think that because with the with the Bryan win at the end of the show, some people kind of forget how good that, that Punk and Lesnar match was, how well it was built, and how it really delivered. I mean, it was, it was a really brutal match, and it was, I mean, I went in with high expectations, and... They really lived up to it. I can completely agree with you there, bud. Um, gentlemen, we've gone through questions that define who you are as a pro wrestling fan here on the Low Blow Booking Podcast. We didn't get to rebook too much. Um, I guess let's add in our last question. And the question is, if you could rebook one show, what would it be? If you had the opportunity to go back and look at one show and say, I'm going to change you know, this thing from start to finish, I'm going to make it better, what would it be? 
And for me, I think that WrestleMania 4 jumps out to me as a show that I would definitely want to do. WrestleMania 2 jumps out to me as a show that I would definitely want to do. Um, and I think that Wrestle, uh, this past year's WrestleMania 31 is a show that I would want to rebook. And I would want to make it completely about the Shield. My main event would be Rollins versus Ambrose versus Reigns. And I would do everything I can to build it up to that point so that that is my world title main event match because I built these guys for two years. I would want to make them uh, the focal point of my company for the foreseeable future. I would find something different for Brock to do. Um, but I think that that is the, uh, that's the one show that I wish I could go and, and look at and say, you know, let's change a little bit about this show. Let's make it, let's make it something different so that as we sit here today on June, in June, we're still talking about WrestleMania 31 as a catalyst for all of the rest of the year rather than, yeah, it was just WrestleMania 31 and it was only $9.99 on the network. You know what I mean? So, Patrick and Ben, is there a show that you could go back and 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 you'd want to rebook? I I'm gonna take a pass on the low hanging fruit of like King of the Ring '95. Yeah. <laughs> um, but seriously, I think I would like to take a closer look at WrestleMania Nine. Um, I, I had this sort of fascination with like the whole uh, like '93 to me feels very much because like the introduction of Raw and the way that the roster was kind of filing out some of the old and bringing in some of the new guard. I mean, obviously you're, you're moving towards that whole new generation period. Um, WrestleMania Nine just has leaves such a bad taste in everyone's mouth, and I'm not sure if the ending, if the answer is. Brett leaving WrestleMania was still with the title. Going, I mean, because I think if you look later in the year, going into King of the Ring, having him win, I mean, it was it was a make good. But I still don't think that's even a bad choice. But I definitely think that kind of like to to, to allow the, to have the match between Brett and Yoko, and then have Hogan come in and go off the way, like just go off like that. It leaves such a bad taste with people. The rest of the card, I think, could be shuffled around and could be done better. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess WrestleMania nine, and then maybe see where it goes the rest of the year. That that would be my answer. Patrick, what do you think? He stole my answer. That was supposed to be my. Answer. <laughs> uh, it's just it, you know, as everybody talks about how horrible uh, that ending of that show was. But I will go with another one that um, ended up being more of a uh, commercial for another pay per view. And Survivor Series ninety one, I would I would kick yes. that out. Um, you know, the main event that they had with Hogan and Undertaker was fine. But the way that they used it as a commercial for this Tuesday in Texas, you could have totally rebooked that whole show to make it interesting. Uh, even if you still want to do the Tuesday in Texas, you could still do it that way. But the way they did it was just horrible. From uh, The first match should have been the last match. The last match could have been the first match. Even if you just reshuffled them where the matches were, it would be fine. Uh, but there's so many other things you could do with including Macho Man and Jake into the actual matches. Uh, that show just needs to be redone. Yeah, I I like all those answers. Um, I, I think it's a, a pretty simple, uh, you know, thing to look at is like, what can we do to make a show better? And that's what the Low Blow Booking Podcast is all about. 
Um, you know, tonight we, we ventured off off the trail a little bit and, and got a, a chance to talk about why we're pro wrestling fans, and that's what the Lobo Booking Podcast is all about. That's why we're here, and that's what we're talking about, is what can we do to make something better? Um, what is it that we love about this crazy, you know, male soap opera called Pro Wrestling? And, uh, you know, I've had a pleasure talking with Andrew and Ben and Patrick here tonight. Um, it, it, it's been great to work with you guys. I'm looking forward to the feedback on this show and, uh, you know, looking forward to what we can do in the future. I know that our next installment of the Low Blow Booking Podcast will be myself and Dave Hall as we go through WCW 1993, start it in January, go all the way through December. We book all the major shows and we look at some of the big angles, some of the big storylines, some of the big matches, some of the big title uh, reigns that people have, and we try to make it better. Um, and then after that, I just talked to Jay Womet, and uh, we're going to be doing the 1991 Summit Show with myself and Dave Hall, and uh, it's going to be a random draw Battle Bowl Summit event, and Dave and myself aren't even going to know what the teams are before we go live on the broadcast, and Jay Womet is going to be picking the teams for us. So uh, we've got a bunch of fun stuff coming for you in the month of July for the Low Blow Booking Podcast, and I want to thank you, Ben, and thank you, Patrick, for joining me tonight. It's been a pleasure working with you. Um, a lot of fun on this, uh, you know, 20 questions for every wrestling fan. So I, I want all of you guys out there listening, answer those 20 questions, see if you have anything similar to us, see if you have anything different. And, uh, again, I want to thank you guys for joining us. Is there anything that you guys have to plug or anything that you guys want to put out there for the world to see here? Ben? Uh, no. Not really? All right. Anything? What? Something fun that you've watched recently that you think other people should see? Uh. Something fun that I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, we have a there's a local promotion near where I live. It's in Providence, Rhode Island. It's called Beyond Wrestling. If you get a chance, go on YouTube, check out Beyond Wrestling's channel. They they put up a lot of full free matches. They're awesome. It's it's like no other wrestling show I've ever been to. And uh, last month they just had um, uh, Samoa Joe against Chris Dickinson as the headliner. And uh, going to this next show, it's going to be. Uh, Chris Hero and JT Dunn versus a mystery team. Uh, World's Cutest Tag Team are going to debut. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Nice. How about you, Patrick? Uh, I'd like to say that JT Dunn's awesome. Uh, he just debuted with 2SW recent months, uh, so definitely go check him out. Uh, and go to 2SW.com. Check out. we got a couple of shows coming up in the next couple months. Uh, July 19th in Oswego uh, and two September shows we just announced. So, Or check us out and Twitter at 2SW. Awesome. All right, gentlemen. It's been real, it's been fun, and damn it, it has been real fun. So I want to thank you guys for joining me here tonight. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, check out the Low Blow Booking Podcast on Podbean and iTunes. Check us out on ProWrestlingOnly.com, and uh, we also got a Facebook page. So give us a like and uh, give us a share if you get a chance. Uh, join our group and let us know what you think about the Low Blow Booking Podcast. Give us some fun feedback, and uh, we're going to continue to bring you some of the most entertaining and exciting uh, booking out there and uh, looking at some fun shows and how we can make them even better. So thank you guys very much for joining me tonight. It has been a pleasure, and uh, you guys have a safe and great summer. Thank you very much. Thank you.